Hi everyone, my name is David Gillespie and you are listening to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. This is a weekly podcast about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. Every week I'm joined by my co-host Rich Wisneski and we bring on guests to talk about the games that they love, the conventions they're playing them at, all that good stuff. If this is up your alley, please feel free to download, listen, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And you can always find us on Twitter at High Shelf Gaming or join us on our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group. Click to join though and we're friendly to everybody and uh, you'll get to hang out and talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here with High Shelf Gaming. As always, I am joined by the co-host with the most, Rich. After some strong negotiations, we have gotten his intro back down to a reasonable co-host with the most, Rich Wisniewski. You know, I just want the dear audience to know that we did work down a much lower co-host introduction, but I will be getting True Dungeon tokens as payment for my work. <laughs> so that that is very important to note. I may have gave up the illustrious or the best, the majesty, the majesty. The, the, I got big hands. You know what I mean? There's all sorts of things I was throwing in there, but I'll take True Dungeon tokens, Dave. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, friend. Um, and then to do, today joining us is a returning guest of ours, Larry. Larry, welcome back, man. Thanks, Dave. It's always a pleasure. And, and of course, in front of me, my precious, my precious. <laughs> All your uh, true dungeon tokens, yeah? <laughs> That's right. So today we're talking True Dungeon and specifically True Dungeon Tokens, which is the pucks or the little tokens that you get whenever you play this game. There's such a depth here that Rich and I were doing research and quickly found ourselves in over our heads. Oh, yes. And Dave, 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 I have to say we have more listeners than just my mother. That's right. <laughs> we got we got some feedback on the last episode about True Dungeon. Can yeah. you drop some knowledge that we learned after our first uh, a good time to drop the knowledge bomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I want to say that, you know, Rich and I and our guests, you know, we, we do this podcast every week and uh, we don't always get it right. So the good folks that are fans of True Dungeon found the podcast. They listened to it a ton. And one of their uh, folks, uh, a gentleman by the name of Eric, reached out. And I got to say, Eric was incredibly nice about his feedback and his criticism. You know, you get criticism, you get some feedbacks here and there. And some oh people are cool. Man. That's like messing with someone's wife or husband. I mean, it's their hobby, bro. Oh, yeah. If All you right. get something wrong about him, you could be hitting like the wrong nerve. But Eric, man, he, he has some good props. He has some good. I give him big props that's for right being, uh you know for being informative and uh you know being there for the long run that's right that's right yeah so principal biggest thing that that i messed up was when we were talking about buying tokens there's on the true dungeon website you can just buy a bunch of tokens for like eight thousand dollars and i had made the mistake of calling them legendary tokens they're not legendary tokens they are uh oh it's a it's a collection of tokens, and, and with within that collection, you get some ultra rares, but they're not legendary. Legendary in the world of True Dungeon is really uh, something that we might be able to get into with Larry here. There is a way to get legendary tokens, but it's not by sending the good folks at True Dungeon eight grand. 
And then there's a couple of the little things here and there. When we printed that episode, the costs were still, I think, in the 60s or 70s. But now uh, the ticket prices have gone up. And we can maybe talk a little bit about that. Larry, I'm sure you've got some good info on the way that True Dungeon is is adjusting its pricing going forward. Yeah. Yeah, this year, uh, uh, Jeff Martin, the creator and uh, mastermind behind this, uh, decided he wanted to go a little bit more upscale on the props. Uh, I don't know if, Rich, do you remember last year when we went from one room to another, we actually had to chase an individual around a tavern? It was so awesome. It was like there was outside sets in between the rooms, whereas folks, mm-hmm. normally the rooms get decorated, there's some cool stuff going on, but as you go between rooms, you're just kind of between some, you were just kind of between some curtains, right? Like hanging down, like it occurred to you by Walmart, you know, you're just kind of walking down a curtain aisle. Last year, all of a sudden you're outdoors of a tavern and there's like barrels and there's uh. a rooftop and there was uh, posts that were just awesome looking and it really immersed you in the world. That's so exactly. cool. So he's, he's going, you know, he's raised the rates to try to give it more of an uh, upgrade. I know he said on the forums that he was at Disney World. Of course, where wouldn't you get an inspiration? Oh, oh yeah. Disney World. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he thought, you know, I can do this here. I can upgrade my sets, you know, the animatronics, things like that. So he's looking to upgrade to, we'll almost put it into world class. I mean, that stuff that he had in between the rooms was like Rich said, excellent. And he's looking to expand that. That's so cool. So there was a cost. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and I think they've also hired some more people, some more designers and that kind of thing. And so there's just a general expectation that going forward, True Dungeon is going to really ratchet up a notch when it comes to story and props and the space between rooms and that kind of thing. So all good stuff there. You know, there's a, there's a big benefit to the price increase. It's not just it's something as simple as like a money grab. There's really There's really some big value coming back to the players. And you know, guys, that's really kind of crazy that it's not a money grab because I'm going to tell you for the last four or five years, we've gone and you've got to get your tickets fast, right? We've, we've got other episodes about how to buy tickets and how to get in there and get those tickets from Gen Con and true dungeon sells out. It just goes so fast. And you would think there's that law of demand and supply. Is that right, Dave? My, oh, yeah. My, my intelligence factor here. There, you, you, He's like an intelligence 18. I'm like nine. And <laughs> the thing of demand and supply, you would think they would have been raising the rates all these times. But they were always just little incremental changes that I bet you any money corresponded with how much they needed to pay for the floor space, to pay for the volunteers' rooms, to put some money in his pocket because everyone has to win, right? Right. But they never made like a crazy land grab. So kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple other little things here and there that we messed up. I think we had gotten the room count wrong. I think at one point we thought there was, or we mentioned maybe there was eight rooms. The typical adventure has seven rooms. Now that they're going to do these like in between environments, you might think, oh, well actually there's more because there's all this extra content in between the uh, puzzle or fight room where there's a, you know, a lot of interaction. The other thing is we talked about other places where True Dungeon is played. It's important to mention that Gamehole Con just duplicates some of the runs and does some slight modifications. So there's no new content at Gamehole Con. But I think this year you guys are about to go to Origins and Origins is going to have a new route, right? A new dungeon. (laughs) Yeah, baby. You betcha. Looking forward to it. Yeah, there's a brand new adventure making its world debut at Origins. 
and it's uh, officially Astral Journey to the Bliss. Rich will be our bard, as usual. He's been practicing. <laughs> la, 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 la. He's got Rush 2112 behind him. He's been uh, practicing uh, Temple of Syrinx, so he's, he's going to hit something there. And, uh, yeah, a brand-new event, first-time world debut. And uh, we've got a whole run of 10 tickets. We're going to run through it hardcore. There's different levels you can go through, and uh, we're going to knock it out of the park till Room 7, and then, well... <laughs> wheels fall off. Yeah. You, you know, a little funny fact there, Dave. You know, last year I talked about in that one dungeon that um, I sang, and and the 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 the, the fairy wanted a gift, and I gave her the gift of song, mm. and she let me buy. It was just, I think it was just up to if the gift was good enough, they let you on. I read that second book, um, in the name of the wind by Patrick Rothfuss, and it's eerie that the the main character got away from the fairy in the book by saying he had to go finish a song. And I was Ooh. like, boom, chakalaka. Didn't even know how good I was sticking to the story. But. Oh, man. Okay, well, okay, so that is a point that was raised to us is that all of the runs last year were based on Patrick Rothfuss's King Killer Chronicles. And uh, so, like, you're talking about reading that second book and referencing yeah. the Fae there. So all hey, of the thank runs... You, thank you. I said fairies. Oops, Fae. You're right. Can you just hear? I'm going to say Fae, and if you could cut and edit this into every spot where I said fairy. I'm not going to do that. Fae. <laughs> All of the runs last year were based on the Kingkiller Chronicles. This year, it's not. They're starting all over, right, with all new stories, which is, I think, you guys were mentioning was based on Odin stuff, like Norse mythology. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, uh, due to good. the uh, group that I belong to, I got uh, one ticket, sorry, Rich, only one ticket only of a special run where Jeff Martin, the creator, is our DM the whole way through all the rooms. What? That I uh, anticipate dying in room one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Martin is going to be your DM as you go through every room? Yes. How cool is that? All right. Just drop the mic, guys. Podcast over. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe let's talk a little bit about, Larry, where do you get all your tokens? And then we can get into uh, what do you use them for and, and how do you use them best and, and that kind of thing. Okay, well, that's a pretty involved question, but I belong to a, you know, we'll call it a, a token consortium <laughs> of a group of several people. And we all put down, uh, is my wife listening? No, let's, yeah. let's, just say, let's, say, let's just say you put down some money. Put down significant, a significant uh, cash. Sure. And 10, 20 bucks. We got like five listeners and you're one of them. The other two are in Sweden <laughs> and there's some guy in California. <laughs> so uh, we pull all our money and then we purchase at a larger package. That way we can uh, get the perks of getting that larger purchase where, right. where one of individual isn't going to put out that kind of cash. But if we have a whole group of people and everybody puts in an equal amount, mm -hmm. then we'll go through and we'll list, you know, what our preferences are. And we actually get bonus chips or bonus ultra rares and some other things. Um, this year I was able to get the Origins patron pin, which lets me go on that run with Jeff Martin. Oh, cool. So uh, nobody else wow. is going to be able to use it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I can put that to use. And you get an Adventurer's Guild badge, which gets you a bag check. And then uh, the group there, we have somebody that coordinates the order, and the order is right from the website. I think about the day they go on sale. And, and we just wait for them, and they ship them all to her. She distributes them. Everybody sends her some money for shipping and insurance. And then she divvies up the ultra-rare choices that we've all made and ships them out. 
And nice. then at the end of the year, we get our modules, and she sends those to us. And she's the one that organizes all this and puts it together, and we just reap the benefits of our hard work. Well, let me ask this. That's kind of expert level, bro. That's kind of epic level, right? That's kind of epic <laughs> level playing right there. But let's say it's just, let's say it's rich, and you're just like, hey, dude, I got an intelligence of nine, and I'm, I want to go play in Origins. What's a great way for me to buy some chips? You could buy them. You know, rather than paying postage, even though postage rates are really almost free, a little plug there, (laughs) (laughs) you can buy them at the convention. You know, they'll have a store right there. You know, you plop down your money, I'll take X amount of packs. Sure. And they'll sell them to you. Now, when you want your. What's a pack? Uh, A pack will consist of, let me bring that up so I don't uh, misquote anything anymore. But even when you go on your run, you'll get a a free pack. You know, don't forget that. So if all I do is buy a ticket to play, I'm getting one pack of tokens, uh, hence our commando run. Right. That's exactly right. If you wanted to be a little more prepared before you even went to your run, you could drop down, and and I'm I'm looking at the magic of the intranets, you could drop down $8. Right. For each 10 tokens you would like, and they're they're already all sealed up, mm-hmm. and they have six common, two uncommon, one rare, and one ultra rare? Well, oh, no, no, that's every, no. every one in a hundred. Every oh, okay, thank okay. you. Because I was going to say, I never had that come up. Hold on. <laughs> so, hold on. They normally have seven common, two uncommon, and one rare. Correct. <laughs> okay. And they're, and they're in a little bag, which means you can't see them until you get them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, gosh, does anybody, and David included, does anybody have any idea, like, if you were brand new, should you, like, drop down 40 bucks? Absolutely get- not. I don't okay. believe so. What do you think, sir? I, I would say first-time player, you know, hey, I'm going to give it a try. I hear lots of good things about it. You know, those guys on High Shelf Gaming give it the thumbs up. It must be, you know, must be cool. <laughs> so I'm going to try it. <laughs> you go in there, you pay your, you know, $48, $78, whichever uh, run you're going on. You get your free bag of tokens. Now, as you know, Rich, we've been in a lot of runs with newbie players. You yep. know, that's only all they have is that first bag. And all... Every group, just about every group that's running seasoned veterans like ourselves will help somebody out. You know, I come in with all 12 classes already supplied. And numerous times, you know, hey, hey, hold on to your tokens. You can use mine just to get a feel for it. Don't buy anything extra. You don't need to spend any extra money. Or you could, uh, you know, uh, just go commando like we did. Yeah. And play it at a uh, either the normal level or non-lethal. That way you're going to get the room seven for sure. I think we played non-lethal. <laughs> uh, I think on our commando run, I think we did normal. I don't think we, we did. did. Normal? Yeah, I don't think we did uh, kid gloves. It, we had some real consequences for dying. I think we did oh, normal, yeah. guys. Yeah. I think we felt the pressure of, holy shit, I don't want to die. <laughs> but but it is a good point. If it's your first time playing and it's only you and your friends, you might – well, actually, for your first time, they now have a newbie run, and you should do that one for your very first game. Oh, yeah, because we all know how to roll. We all know how to handle our magic. We, You know what I mean? We all have a, a feeling for that. Whereas on your newbie run, oh, my God, um, I say rolling, shuffleboarding. Right. So on your newbie run, oh, my God, that has to be intense. Yeah, all, all that in 12 minutes is very yeah. nerve-wracking. Right. Yeah. But 
the point remains if you're a onesie twosie or a small group and you go to a normal true dungeon run if it's one of your first runs maybe don't have maybe don't purchase a bunch of tokens show up folks that are seasoned vets they're going to help you out they're going to make sure that you're having a good time and exactly and, and also they're going to make sure that uh, clearly you're not underpowered for what is expected you know i mean they, they want you to survive they want you to have a good time Yep, they'll help you out. Without a doubt, they'll help you out. And, you know, don't be intimidated. You know, hey, here, this guy's got purple, and I'm going through with, you know, yeah. one rare, two uncommons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they don't even don't fit be, my class. <laughs> don't be intimidated because, you know, the paladin in fights can always protect one of the characters and stand in front of him and guard him. Yeah. So yeah, don't be intimidated. Don't get frustrated. You're, you're going to have a great time. Okay, so let's say you've done a, a run or two. You're now in love. You're going to go to the True Dungeon store. You're going to buy some packs maybe for eight bucks a eight bucks a pop. There's a couple of third-party places to buy tokens, right? You can say, hey, I want to outfit for a certain class. I want to outfit for a certain type of class. Maybe I want to outfit for one of the martial classes or one of the spell classes. There's some outfits out there that will hook you up, right? Oh, absolutely. There's uh, First off, uh, I'd like to mention Michelle there at Gaming Inc., Yes. Gaming, et cetera. She's one of the first ones that uh, dealt with tokens way back. And uh, she's an honest, upright dealer that you'll find in the dealer room. But there are a lot of people that will set up in the tavern area outside of where you muster to go in. And uh, a Trent of Trent tokens, Mike Steele, TD Tavern, Kirk Bauer, and uh, Jeff of SmackDown. Rich knows him. A great guy. Any of those guys will just bend over backwards to to help you up and you know they'll uh, include little bonus things they'll hook you up for whatever class you'd like and it'd be it's better to stay focused on maybe one class right when you're new you okay. know, you just whatever you prefer you know you try to zero in on things that's going to sure. help that one specific class rather than well i'd like to do this this and this you might be trying to fill four or five classes and you know, that, that can get pretty expensive. Right. And, and you're looking at, you know, folks, remember that different classes have different jobs in the room. So the martial classes, they're going to be playing a lot of shuffleboard, right? Because they're trying to hit the monster with their good weapon and all that good stuff. Whereas the casters are going to be doing a lot of memorization. So they have to memorize, you know, words of power with symbols or other things, or the bard has to be able to sing the entire time. So kind of think of your own skill sets and the things that you normally bring hey, to a hey, game. I got to ask about that. Do other bards in other groups really have to sing, or do y'all just fuck with me and make me sing the entire time? Dude, no, the the GMs, the room GM will say, "Are bar, I don't hear the bard singing, and you... I, I don't know if y'all are trolling me, though. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, I've been doing this for years now, and you just brought up a really good point. I said, is he trolling me? Do other boards really sing? Larry, do other Bards really sing. This is time to be honest. Uh, well, you know, uh, the reception there is a little static. I couldn't hear that question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give you an honest bard, answer. Comment on this episode. <laughs> I want to know how many bards really sing. I'll give you an honest answer. You know, I volunteer for True Dungeon. I love it. I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> and I will, most of the time, make the bards sing unless it's like. A nightmare group, you know, somebody that I know has been through this so many times, and I need to concentrate on what they're doing because they're whipping out stuff left. Well, and by right the way, and... the nightmare. Define that for the listeners. Ooh, 
nightmare is a uh, more yeah, that's, difficult that... <laughs> level of challenge. Yeah, it's not a comment on on them as players that they are they are not nightmares. It's that right. the difficulty level is nightmare, right? <laughs> In other words, the shit is going down, and you have twelve minutes to do a ton of damage or solve an incredibly hard puzzle. Or, yeah, or uh, pay the consequences. Right. So in those instances, you know, the room DM's too busy. He doesn't care about the bard. He knows that you're probably uh, plus two to hit plus four damage. And But, you know, newbie groups that are a little, oh, I don't want to say shy, but a little back. Oh, yeah. You get right up into the bard's face. It, let me hear it. And, you know, uh, and the most popular one is either, you know, bottles of beer on the wall or happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to have a bard episode because I need to get all my bards together. That is not acceptable song singing right now. <laughs> That's for another episode another day. So, you know, I'm going to concentrate on one class. Correct. And depending on the class, do I treat it just like D&D that if I'm, if I'm a fighter, I need to make sure I worry about my weapons and my armor. If I'm a magic user, I I need to focus on being able to do supplemental damage. Do you just kind of apply the same rules of D&D as you build that character by buying tokens? Yeah, you can. Of course, you can trade. There's lots of people oh. who trade. Some of those other people I mentioned, you know, when you come out, you know, after getting your treasure pools, you actually do get treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually will get treasure draws. And if you draw something that's valuable and you're thinking, boy, my monk has no need for plus 11 plate mail, you know, blessed redoubt mail, I'll go outside and you can trade it for things that that character class can use. Right. So, yes, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a believer of, I think it's better to have a higher armor class and maybe sacrifice some other places because I'm thinking that the more times you don't get hit, that's the less healing you have to suck up from the cleric or from potions or scrolls or something. I'm right. kind of a firm believer of armor class. Yeah, and, and it's in part part of it is that we already know that we're going to get pushed through every um, puzzle room. <laughs> every puzzle. So we need to defend ourselves every other way we possibly can. Interesting. So I like that idea. Build your class up the way you build up. Uh, the trading aspect is really important because you could walk out of your first run even with a good chip or two that doesn't relate to what you like to play or that may actually push you into what you want to play because you walk out with a good chip or two from that oh, first Oh, yeah. Ball. You're like, oh, well, I, I was I mean? building Ranger, but now i got a great chip for Fighter. Yeah. And enough of the chips go from one to the other. Maybe I go over to the fighter. Oh, and how do we know what chips work with what classes, Larry? Well, you know, the easiest way is to look on the front of one. It will tell you <laughs> exactly <laughs> what classes those can be used for if it's class-specific. If there's no- nothing listed, then everybody can use it. And this year, uh, they actually put on the very top in really small print. You almost have to have your cheaters or your readers on. At least I do. I have to get a magnifying glass out. Or you're not over 30. <laughs> <laughs> or you're not over 30, right? Or and on, on those chips, it will say what they can be transmuted for you know where you can have it'll say dark wood plank it'll have a little dp up at the top oh okay okay so So we'll get into transmuting in a little bit but that's really nice that that we can figure out which chips are good for uh basically upgrading to other chips later on and uh, more specific to your question, Rich, there's, you know, you have a melee weapon, you have a range weapon, you have a head. There's various slots. And on the web, there's various programs where you can go in and use a drop-down menu on an Excel spreadsheet and oh, put in what you have. Oh, oh. And it'll spill out everything for you. There's that sheet that you walk in the room with. <clears throat> Party card. 
the party card. It shows a guy, and you actually have little round circles where you can place the things. Like it'll say armor, and you place your armor on that little circle. And right. that way, if you have three armors, well, you kind of get the idea. You got to use one, right? <laughs> um, and it, you can use more than one ring because there's more than one little ring circle for you to put your tokens on. Is that card downloadable also? I believe so, yes. Yes. I have seen it. So real quick for everybody listening, um, truedungeon.com slash resources has that. So they've got, you know, True Dungeon, it's a a bigger game. It's complicated. So there's a bunch of stuff. There's the player's handbook, which tells you how to play. And then there's the, uh, the character card you can download. And it'll tell you how to do that. Now, Larry, you were talking about the party card. So every player fills out a player card. Oh, by the way, everyone, that's the player token mat that I was talking about. The there we go. Yep. Yeah, so the token mat is what you get in the room, and you can go and download one now to see what it looks like. And then the token mats inform what things you have with you. And then when you meet the dm the dm will make the party card where they basically look at your token mat and they say okay well all of these things add up to a character that has these stats uh, what level are they all those things and they fill out the party card which then goes with the group from room to room to room so one of you carries the party card saying yep here's what classes are here and here's what our levels are and what items we've got and all that stuff. Yeah, it gives you plus what your pluses are to hit when you slide the shuffleboard, how much additional damage you do. Uh, and then also on the side, it has if you're playing a non-lethal, normal, hardcore, or nightmare mode. Nightmare. So it's got all kinds of information on there, whether you can be surprised, free movement, if you have uh, psychic abilities, just... And then all your saves. So if the DM says, uh, you know, Bard, make a save versus Fortitude. <laughs> Not Fortitude. And uh, Rich knows he has a pl- he doesn't know what his plus is, but that party card has written on there. He's got, say, a plus four. And he rolls a one. Well, then you know he failed. <laughs> right. Just so the folks at home kind of get a sense. When you're playing your first couple of runs versus you're into nightmare mode, the stats are way different. I mean... Your AC is way up. Your saves are way up. We're not talking about like little onesie twosie differences from first level first time players to folks that have been doing this for over 10 years. Like it's it's a pretty big swing. Oh, it's a huge swing. You know, some of these people have been at it a lot longer than even I have. And you know, they spend a lot more in trading and time investment. And, uh, people who are running uh, second businesses, you know, from home. There's uh, some people that do this, you know full-time, all year round, and and those guys will have incredible stats. And and I'm going to go into the idea you just talked about, you know, alternative businesses from home. You know, this is not a Disney episode, but we talked about Disney already earlier, so I feel pretty cool that I can bring Disney up. That before we went one year with the kids, we bought some pins online so they could do the pin trading. So we went to eBay, and we said, a lot of shitty Disney pins. And sure enough, there was, you know, 20 of them for $12, and we bought that. And then we were, we went to Disney. Well, then the kids had pins to trade and everybody had a really fun time. Is there an eBay market that if you know you're going, you you played last year and you're like, dude, I'm going to play again this year. Well, you're going to pick up a couple there, but you know that you're playing the bard and you want this one special instrument that allows you to do range attacks while playing your tambourine man song from William Shatner. You're able to buy that before you get there. Is eBay a good resource for that or where would you send people? Uh, yes, eBay can be a good resource. A lot of times your traders on the forums I'll give you a slightly better price. Uh, There's a whole section under the forum that's token, and there's uh, then a subsection that's token stores. 
another subsection that's people looking for tokens, specific ones, or selling. I'm going to sound real elitist here, but I think I'd rather go to the forums. I think I'd rather go there and, you know, because one, if you're just buying on eBay, it's up to you, right? But if oh, yeah. I'm on the forum and I go, hey, guys, I'm I'm the bard with the most, right? And I need to be able to do ranged weapons and play this instrument. I might get good advice. Not only they might they save me money from a bad purchase, they may point me into a better direction to grow my character. Right. And it should be mentioned that there's a bunch of resources out there to help you build that character or plan that character. There's a ton of character generators. Uh, You mentioned Excel earlier, Larry. I think there's websites that let you do it now, too. So if you're really getting invested into one or two character classes, you can really plan everything out. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of great ones out there that uh, that I use. And if you have your, say you do an entire run of 10 and you have the party card already filled out, the DM walked into the room, you have never seen someone smile as large <laughs> as a smile as that's the player's coach when you say, here's our party card already filled out. Yes. <laughs> they love that. And you'll get one additional hit point because you have it already filled out. Oh, you're kidding. Everybody gets one additional because you've saved so much time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I will say, folks, if you're going for that hit point, make sure you know what you're doing. Right. So I mentioned earlier, there's a player's handbook. If you want to take your hand at filling out that that DN's card. Great. Go and read the coach's guide. Go make sure you know what you're doing before you hand them the party card, because the worst thing would be, hey, here's this completed party card and there's a ton of errors on it. Yeah, yeah, they they will look over it, glance over it, and if there's something out of whack, you know, like, hey, I have an armor class of fifty. Oh, what? You know, yeah. Yeah, let let me see. Yeah. Let me see these tokens, <laughs> and they'll ask you to to see tokens. But yeah, back to that, Rich. You can get some really good deals on eBay at times, but like everything, there's been some counterfeit. Mm. A little, there's been some counterfeit tokens, you know, the rather, rather expensive ones. Mm-hmm. And if a deal seems too good to be true, it most likely is. Buy from somebody reputable, you know, Michelle at Gaming Inc. can't say enough. You're going to get quality. And, and, and by the way, for um, full transparency, we, we love Michelle. So it's got to say that just, just up front, full transparency. We love her. Yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah. That, that is one of those that I, I couldn't think of a better person to deal with myself. And, and that's a good point. Like nobody's paying us to, to plug yeah. any group over another, but we have a, a longstanding relationship with, uh, with Michelle and her team. So like they get a lot of love on this podcast and that's just because of, of our relationships. And there's other sellers out there that are also very good. And Larry, you did a great job of listing several of them that yes. are available at the show, in the trading areas on the forum. So, you know, folks, you don't have to go to the people that, that we go to all the time. There's plen- plenty of options out there. Absolutely. And they're just they're just as, you know, credible and stand-up guys. And, you know, that's the idea that this is big, but yet it's small. Just like when I go to, oh, Lubbock. You know, it's a big little city, right? It's a, it's a little big city. I'm messing this up, guys. But you get the idea. It's a big thing that's going on with True Dungeon, but it's still a little community. And it's still that that great feel of a little community, whereas some things that that might be, I'm just going to pick on magic. I mean, it's so freaking huge, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's such a huge thing. Yeah. The true dungeon just isn't there yet. It's big, but it's still a little city. Well, and it has a, a hard cap at how big it can get. I mean, there's only so many true dungeon runs in a year. That That's means right. there's only so many possible players in a year. Yep. Actually, this is a really good point. 
folks that are coming into Do Dungeon know that you're joining a very tight-knit, welcoming community, but everybody knows everybody. So if you come in acting weird, well, people are going to know that. They're going to say, hey, yeah, I, I dealt with that guy. And he said all my, I sold him all these tokens and he said everything was counterfeit. You know, they're going to, they're going to talk. So, you know, you're going to be treated well, but make sure you treat others well as well. Because there's, this is not a big community that some bad actors can hide out in. You know, we, we've kind of done a really great little intro start there. You know, the trading aspect, I think over time, really becomes somewhat important to a lot of folks. It's a way to maximize the chips you have to get new chips. Now, another thing, oh, and I'm going to let David take this. So another thing that happens that you can do with your treasures and your tokens is... Transmutation. Ooh. What's up with that, dog? All I know is when I do my treasure bowls, you know, Larry is our quartermaster. So the first thing he does is take a look before I steal all the slings and shillelaghs. And <laughs> well, he, he you're goes, making like a shillelagh fort at home. <laughs> I, I have a shillelagh. I throw them at the kids. When they're out running around, I'm like, get off my lawn! And I throw shillelaghs <laughs> at them. And he goes through my poles, and he's like, oh, this is great. This is great. And even there's gold pieces. So dig into a little of this. What the heck are you taking out of there, and what are you doing with it? <laughs> Well, wow. Uh, There's kind of three categories. First one are called trade tokens. And then there's reserve tokens and transmuted tokens. Okay. Now, the trade tokens are the ones I spoke of earlier where you can look on the front of your token up in the top and it will say PS. What in the world's PS? Well, that's Philosopher's Stone. So you can shuffle all those into piles if you really wanted, and then you can turn 25 units of those chips that say PS and get one Philosopher's Stone token in return. Is it 25 tokens or 25 groups of tokens? 25 units. A rare is worth six, a uncommon is worth three, and a common is worth one. So you, when you say unit, this is a unit of value. So there's, Correct. in the True Dungeon world, all of these tokens have a unit of value that the True Dungeon people have dictated. You know, common's worth one, uncommon's worth three. What'd you say on rares? Six. Six, okay. And if it says PS at the top, if you get 20 units worth out of an array of PS tradable tokens, you get a Philosopher's Stone? Uh, 25. 25, Okay. Sometimes you'll turn in 25 common that say PS for Philosopher's Stone, and you get one back. So you're getting rid of 24 tokens. Right. You're giving 25 and getting one back. So it's a good way to call or you know get rid of your excess tokens. <laughs> That's one good thing about it. When you get these uh, trade tokens, do you use them directly into combat, or are they now part of a larger scheme to get more valuable items? Uh-huh. Now they're part of a scheme to get more valuable items. Exactly right. Okay. Now you also have reserve tokens. Those are for gold pieces. So you have uh, 1,000, 5,000, and I believe a 25,000 gold piece bar. So if you turn in enough gold pieces, you know, that would include gems or a lot of times there used to be crowns or pieces of jewelry that have a gold piece value on. You can turn in 1,000, 5,000, or 25,000 if you were lucky enough <laughs> to get that. <laughs> and then you'll get one back. <laughs> you'll get one reserve token back. And then now, so you're using that gold also as part of the scheme, right? Oh, yes. You need those to make transmuted tokens. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> do the trade tokens or the tokens you've traded for and the gold, or do they, do they interact or are these on two separate tracks? 
Uh, well, they're part of a recipe. Okay. Uh, they're part of a recipe for the transmuted tokens. You have to have so many dark wood planks. You have to have so many Argonites. Now, Argonite is another trade token that is 25 rare oh. and rare only. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see where this can get confusing. You got it. Well, not only can it get it confusing, but this is something that you got to get a lot of rares. They got to match what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then you got to make the thing. And then you need multiples of the thing. <laughs> exactly. This ain't your daddy's Minecraft, kids. Like, you got to really want okay. this stuff. Now, I'm, I'm going to go with an idea. I, man, I, lo- I, I wear earrings all the time. I know you listeners can't see us because we're podcasts, but I, I'm like earring man. They're all over the place. So there is a transmuted token called the Ear Cuff of Freedom. And this Ear Cuff of Freedom, you have to start with the Ear Cuff of Bravery, one Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. and then one of the following, a Dracara Scale, an Iron Rook Rivet, an old holly sprig or a scrawl claw. So let's go yeah. with the old holly sprig. So what I, from what I've heard so far, I could take my 25 PS commons and I could have gotten one philosopher's stone. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And then an ear cuff of bravery. Is that an ultra rare item or a rare item? I believe that's uncommon. Okay. Uh, so it, it would be green. So it you'd have green. to have I think it's green. one of I think those. It's green. So let's say I pick the old holly sprig. What is that, or how do I get that? What is? Yeah, all of those that you've listed are called monster bits. Yes. Okay. So there's yet another thing. Okay. And how do you get monster bits? <laughs> how do you get? You've monster got to bits? juggle them really soft underneath. <laughs> and then you get the monster bits. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, Rich. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, as we mentioned earlier, you do get treasure draws at the end. You'll get uh, treasure chips at Holy least three. Shit. So no you just what. had to pull one of these monster bits out of the treasure box. Exactly. Or trade for it. Or buy. Or trade. Right. right. Or buy. To get these transmuted ones that I just went over, it was the aircraft of bravery, one philosopher's stone, and one monster bit out of the monster bit list that it had. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's really not unattainable. From what I just heard, this isn't like, oh my God, I got to be epic level to play in this area. It just might be to get some of the best transmuted stuff, like the Blessed Redoubt Helm, which is actually about 20 items long. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's epic level shit right there. So, so sounds like intermediate maybe is when you start getting into the transmuted stuff. Yeah, I would say. I mean, like Rich said, uh, there's one there, the Horn of the Blessed Ox, which is this year. You get a 50 gold piece drinking horn, which you're probably going to draw maybe in your packs when you first start. One Minotaur hide, which you can purchase for maybe, we'll say, $7. Mm-hmm. And 100 gold pieces, that's about $2 value. So you're looking at maybe $10-ish, and you get this Horn of the Blessed Ox. So you give up those tokens, you'll get one horn, and every time you run... One time a game, you get to heal two points of damage. Look at that. As if your character drank out of this horn. Oh, nice. Very nice. Now, a hit point, uh, if you went to buy Cure, a token that says Cure One Hit Point, you're going to pay between 50, uh, 50 cents and a dollar, probably closer to a dollar. Mm. So there, every time that you've used that, you've already saved yourself yeah. a buck and a half to two dollars. So I've got my transmuteds. Is there another level beyond oh, transmuted? I, Do I turn my transmuteds into a thing? 
Yes, there is another level. No, my young don't Padawan. tell me there's another level above epic level shit going on here. <laughs> there is. And I don't have many of them. They are orange in color. And what are they called? Legendary. That's the word. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I messed myself up last year talking about this stuff. That word has haunted me. And this is how you get them. You have to trade. <laughs> you have to pull and and reserve and then eventually get transmuted. And then maybe if you're very, very, if you're a very, very good player, <laughs> you might get a legendary. So, Larry, tell us about legendaries. Wow. I'm just looking at the recipes for these legendaries, and they are insane. And the oh. only way you get them, the only way you get them is through this recipe method, right? You can't exactly. just draw these out of the treasure bucket. Well, no, that's not true. They, <gasps> Jeff does put a few in every year into oh, the token draw. Holy shit. Imagine just somebody who's a noob that has no idea and just takes those home and sets them in their <laughs> box of memories. Oh, dude, that is so cool. Okay, yeah, all right, keep going, keep going. This is great, this is so great. The odds are very, very poor. You know, I've never seen one drawn, but I've heard tale of people drawing legendary mm, items. We've heard legend of the legendary. Yes. The ones that I have are the Charm of Erevice, which, uh, let's just look at the recipe for the Charm of Erevice. I do have a couple of these, and these will give you additional token draws. One alchemist ink, eh, no problem. Four alchemist parchments, no problem. One argonite, seven darkwood planks, five dwarven steel, four elven bismuth, two enchanters, one golden fleece, 10,000 gold pieces. Yes. Plus, <laughs> you have to have seven points of ultra rares. So you're turning in ultra rares. Wow. All of those trade tokens and an insane amount of gold just to get that one token. Wow. Hey, you know what we didn't go into is how does any of this happen? Do I just, do I just walk around looking for a guy named Jeff and I go, Hey Jeff, I got all these tokens. Give me a new one. Or, or how do you turn these in to get the other ones? Well, at most, uh, most of the uh, cons, they will have transmuting time and station where you can take the items in and they'll have somebody there that will verify what you're giving them. And then they'll, Look at it. Make sure you got the recipe right. You lay down all the you know, 50 tokens, and if it matches the recipe, boom, they'll give you one of those legendaries right on the spot. Holy smokes. If, if somebody were to say, okay, this is all cool, but I'm never going to collect all of these on my own, and I just want to buy one straight, are these things going for like thousand, thousands? What's the what's the number there? Hundreds? Uh, well, you're looking at hundreds minimum. Okay. Thousands, potentially. Yeah. The uh, Charm of Air of Ice, I know I just saw one sold for $1,250-ish. Got it. Santa Maria. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> My sling that I like to collect goes for 35 cents, just to kind of put this in perspective. <laughs> it goes, it goes for the value of the plastic <laughs> that it's made in. You're talking some serious coinage if you just went out and bought one. Yeah. Wow. I mean, folks, I remember, remember, we talked about this last time. These are four-ounce tokens, which means uh, that— point four, point four ounces. Oh, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. I sent you the player's handbook like every day for three weeks. No, you did not. And we were so wrong to call them. We called them four ounces last time. Point four. Point four. Okay. And I verified that today. 
I took one to work and uh, verified the weight. So it's 0.4 ounces. Even the barred ones are only 0.4? I think those are heavier because they seem heavier. Like. Now, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. You told me that token was worth $1,200, right? Correct. Uh-huh. Well, today, which is June 11th, 2018, the price of gold per ounce today is $1,300. So for about the price of an ounce of gold, you could get 0.4 ounces of plastic with a very important image on the front. A true statement. <laughs> now we wonder why things are getting counterfeited. Okay, I feel like I finally understand the trade token versus reserve, both of those going into transmuted, and then eventually all of those going into legendary, and just what it means to get your hands on a legendary. I mean, there's a whole layer of trading and getting things done before you get there. And just so I know, just so I clarify, there's nothing higher than legendary, right? Well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 well, there isn't currently. However, in years gone past, where you could trade in gold, they actually would have auctions. Rich, do you remember the token? Yes. They were called, uh, what were they called? They were tied to an individual. Yes. You could, and then you bid at this auction. And Michelle had given us, I don't know, like 100,000 gold pieces. Yep. You know, we wheel them up in like suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and we go to the auction and they start bidding on these and people would bid insane amounts of money for this token artifact. I think it was an artifact and it would be linked to your character. And then you could, with uh, Jeff Martin and the uh, people that run it, come up with an idea that let you and you only have a token that was designed by you and is for that person only. Wow. Wow. So yes, there was a level even above that. And I believe they were artifacts, if I remember artisan? right. Artisan? I'm kind of doing web searching here. Is that the artisan token? No, artisans were like rings and they okay, were... Sorry. Jewelry. Uh, okay. Jeff Cunningham, SmackDown, has one. He bid on one. And he decided to get this, instead of a regular size hockey puck shuffle... You know, for the shuffleboard, <gasps> his is That's called right. a bulldozer. That's and right. And it must be the size of, I don't know, what, a softball? <laughs> <laughs> and he calls it the bulldozer puck, and it's only for Jeff. And whenever he goes on a run, because he used that artifact token to create this one slider just for him, it, it, it's, it's huge. I mean, the odds of him hitting a 20 are astronomical. I mean, he just has to get in the area, and this yeah. thing's so big, it's going to be touching the 20. And for the folks at home, whenever you're doing the shuffleboard thing, your puck, whatever number, the highest number it's touching is the number you rolled. So the fact that this guy has a giant puck, he has a, a mathematically a much better chance of hitting that 20. I got really big hands, you know, it just really helps. <laughs> you know which one's the top one? Is, is the one that helps you win. <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? You could be a noob yep. and be holding on to a rare that gets you through a room, and that is the best token in the world at that time. Amen. There's no token that's better than a well-trained mind. That's a really good point because uh, tokens don't solve puzzles, folks. And <laughs> let me tell you, if they did, we'd get some. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta solve those puzzle rooms all on your lonesome. 
God. And no amount of epic level transmuted tokens is going to do it for you. Larry, is there something that we didn't ask you or didn't bring up that's like critical to the whole token part of True Dungeon that uh, we just were silly to not ask you about? Well, I would say how you transport them. Oh, uh, yes. You know, uh, <laughs> yes. That, that's been an ongoing issue with our group for quite some time. Yeah. Don't let Rich be in charge of buying the bag. Let's just start from there. Let's just start there that you really have to put some thought into the bag purchase. Now, you can take backpacks through the dungeon. You know, they have no problems with them as long as you're, you know, they're not like the coolers that you ride. <laughs> you know, they have motorized <laughs> yeah. on them. Last year, we used a rolling tool chest where on one end is two wheels. It looks like an igloo cooler, and it has a little pull-out arm that you then lift. And that was Al's great idea. And then, so it's all hard-shelled, has a hard-locking top, and we rolled that from room to room. And, of course, we had our backpack accessible for the quick hit items that we needed. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that, you know, if you're bringing the war chest of tokens, you need something that you can lock that only you're going to have access to. Exactly. You're looking at a lot of money. Now, they do have a bag check for adventure guild level members, but uh, you're right. You want to secure everything if you possibly can. Well, awesome. Larry, dude, thanks an absolute ton for coming back and sharing all this wisdom with us about tokens and how to really advance yourself from a neonate true dungeon player to somebody who is uh, really marshalling all of the most important tokens of power within true dungeon. So thanks a ton for your time today. Yeah, always my pleasure. You guys are top notch and uh, you know, Rich, I do it for the love. It's friendship, it's camaraderie, you and Dave and Ryan and Al and you know, all the people, you know, Eric who passed away, you know, those are cherished memories and nice. that's more important than any finance that i have involved in this uh you guys are just top notch and uh i love you all love you too bro definitely love you thank you i think we should probably go ahead and call it for the week thanks a ton for listening again to high shelf gaming i'm david gillespie as always have fun and play well may all your roles be crits thanks for listening these episodes are produced by me david gillespie our music is provided by Taylor Guillory, and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. If you'd like to leave us some feedback, please do so on Twitter at High Shelf Gaming or join our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. If you like what you hear and you think others would benefit from this, please leave a review on iTunes and that'll help people find us. You know what I'm really sad about? You talk about great communities. Did you guys know Net? Yeah, you do know, David. Netrunner died this week. Yeah. Yeah, really sad. Um, I'll let you know I'm sad about that, too. I know we, we never talked about it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite games. Yeah. But back to tokens. <laughs> Cut that part. You edit out my crying. Um, <laughs> is that a tear in your eye? <laughs> that is a tear in my eye. I'm very sad about that. Yeah.